Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast, hosted by me, Ace Edwards, and Connor Balthazar. Where no matter rain, nor sun, nor shine, we will always be here to bring you the latest Kansas State University sports news, as well as the other sports, specifically in college, and maybe a dabbling a bit into NFL and other sports into the future. Today's episode is going to be something that is very, very very much being talked about within the college football sphere, and that is the introduction of a motion to expand the college football playoff. Yeah! Now, this is something that if you go on the internet, literally any college football forum, you will see this mentioned. And you'll always see the same schools get mentioned. You'll see schools like Houston, uh, Houston last year, Cincinnati, University of Central Florida, UCF, and how they have all been excluded from the fourteen, the current system, which is a fourteen playoff. But in order to kind of understand where this playoff expansion is going, you you have to kind of look into the details of it, and that's the first thing we'll talk about. And like I said, because we always have to do academic previews, we're going to go into the the details of the expansion, what it means specifically for K State. And, well, schools that benefit most, as well as our personal feelings on the matter. But uh, before, we, before we begin with the details of the expansion, actually, let's just go ahead and go into the details of the expansion. So you want to you go ahead and cover a little bit of it, and I can kind of pick up and add little bits along the way? Yeah. So basically, the, the gist of it is, like, the, the big... The big idea of it is that it's expanding from four teams to 12 teams. And this has been something that has basically been discussed from the very moment that it was announced to be a four-team playoff back in uh, 2013 or 2012 or something like that. And uh, since then, there's been a big debate on if they should shrink again and go back to two, or if they should get bigger, and if they do get bigger, how much bigger should they get? And this kind of materialized out of nowhere, I would say. I mean, like, it is out of nowhere for us, at least. because. Oh, yeah, no one expected this. Yeah, like, I, I, I definitely did not think they'd actually do it. People have been, like, talking about it for a while, but I don't think anyone thought they'd actually do it, at least not for a while. And now, uh, all of a sudden, it's just kind of happening. Like, this news, like, the rumors started leaking out, like, a couple weeks ago, and... All of a sudden, they just turned in a proposal to the committee, and it's apparently all but approved. And so, some of the more uh, intricate details, uh, it's going to be for the um, six best conference champions versus six best other teams. Uh, the top four conference champions will get a bye. And that, that's mainly a big deal for a team like Notre Dame or any other independent that yeah. would have a shot at doing well because that means that the independent teams have a 0% chance of getting a bye week unless they write in some Notre Dame exclusion, which I, yeah, wouldn't, which, I wouldn't put it past them, honestly. Like, and, yeah, Given that yeah. Notre Dame's AP, Jack Swarbrick, is literally on the committee that proposed it, unless this signifies that Notre Dame is going to officially move to a conference now, because this last year for the COVID season, they moved to the, uh, the ACC. ACC. Yeah, yeah, and, they, and yeah, they moved there, and they're a natural fit there. Honestly, I would say either they're the Big Ten. They kind of feel like a Big yeah. Ten school, but they're in the I ACC feel, for basketball. 
Yeah, they're in the oh, league. they're in the ACC for basketball? Yeah, I think everything but football, they're in the ACC. And uh, football, they're just independent because they're special, I guess. I don't know. I, who knows, dude? But um, among other things, the 5 seed through the 12 seed, uh, they all will play without a bye week, and the higher seed will get the home field advantage. So that would be the 5 through the 8 seeds. Which is something that I, I, to touch on this, I think that that is huge. I and I really think that, like that but, yeah, and I think it's huge for a lot of reasons. Not to cut you off there, no, yeah. but I, I think the main reason why it's so huge is a big part of college football will always be the hometown atmosphere. Like, for example, it, it's different going to or even watching a K-State game at Bill Snyder Family Stadium versus watching it, say, at the Liberty Bowl, which I know you adore the Liberty Bowl with all of your heart. Yeah, I, uh, I sure do love the Liberty Bowl. Like, I swear <laughs> I'm not being ransomed by the Liberty Bowl executives and being forced to say this. My coordinates are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but blink in Morse code, even though they can't see you blinking. Uh, he's actually doing it. Um that that's an that's a very very important part of this and it helps build that the i always say that there's to sound to put this in as nerdy terms as possible college football has its own lore and part of that lore is what happens at home field stadiums you're more likely to remember a hosted rivalry game that's why rivalry games are such a big deal and it's like the red river rivalry for example between the university of oklahoma and the university of texas the home field advantage there is ri- ridiculous. And I feel like the ability for schools, albeit the lower seeded schools that may not have that same built up lore to it, which is something we'll go into a lot later, may not have that same home field advantage. It's still something that's there and should be very much appreciated. Yeah, no, I totally agree because what that does is it creates the possibility for K-State to host a playoff game at some point. I know that kind of skipping a step in our outline, but it's just the first thing I thought of when I saw that. And I was like, that I cannot even imagine how excited I would be to go to a home playoff game for K-State football. That would be just like a dream come true, I think. uh, Oh, absolutely. like that. But... When you get past that first round where the 5 through 12 seeds are playing on home fields, they have the semifinals and the, uh, the finals are bowl games. Are the quarterfinals with the, uh, the buys, are those at bowl game sites as well, or are those home? I think those are also, I think those, th- that was unclear. I think that's something that the, the ESPN article was, was somewhat unclear about. It it was kind of seemed like something that was up in the air for the committee to decide I would whether they're fine with that being home games. Maybe I don't know actually. Maybe neutral sites would be better because I know uh, one of the bigger concerns right now is that it's just going to be the one through four seeds just like always winning, and yeah. that's definitely a possibility. But like that was happening anyways. It's just that like now there's like a pathway to victory, I guess. Like quarterfinals are bowl games. Uh, quarterfinals are bowl games. So they are quarters and semis are both bowls. They're gonna run out of bowl games. <laughs> yes, they are. Like, which on one hand, good 
because there are a lot of my family bucks. refers to them as my family refers to them as toilet bowls, where you yeah. get a six and sixteen versus a six and sixteen. You get Kent State versus Utah State from two years ago. Yeah, like, or you get like some like atrocious like sponsorship name like the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Yeah, like, that's an all-time <laughs> favorite of mine. Like, there's some like bowl games that kind of feel like fever dreams from the mind of like a first grader. That's like given like three sentences about what bowl games are, and they're like, "Oh, I'll just auto-generate this name. This makes sense." <laughs> Like, and like granted there is some charm to games like those like just seeing games like that like i watch them and even though they do kind of suck like there is just something about it where i'm just like you know this is really unique to division one fbs college football and there's a certain charm to that that makes it really unique do i always want to watch like five and seven ball state that made it into bowl games off of like APR and then face like Miami of Ohio. No, I no. I can't say that I do want to watch that most of the time, if ever. But regardless, for a team like that, it's really exciting for them to make a bowl game. Even like if it doesn't mean as much to a power five to make it to I don't know like the Liberty Bowl. Like when K State made the Liberty Bowl in two thousand nineteen, I was immensely disappointed <laughs> you hate the liberty bowl oh I, what makes you say that, that i hate the liberty bowl every conversation that we have that involves bowl games you find we could not even be talking about the liberty bowl and you will just bring it up we're we talking about the national championship and you'll say yeah but the liberty bowl sucks so much though we're not talking about the liberty bowl but we should be because no one else is it needs to be brought to justice <sighs> Anywho. Anyway. Well, I'll read out the rest of this. Uh, uh, it's mentioned that it's technically possible to play a maximum of 17 games if you run the table, which that's actually kind of crazy. Like That's insane. Like, that's a ton of football games, because that would be, uh, what, 12 regular season plus conference championship. And plus four. Yeah, plus four. <laughs> if you run the table. Yeah, so damn, that would be so many games. Which, like, I mean, granted, the champion right now, they're playing 15 games. So, like, that's only two more, which isn't crazy, but it definitely, I mean, that's a lot still. That like, is a lot of games. At least the, the, I guess the one silver lining there is that college football has more bye weeks than the NFL. Uh, yeah. College football has, I think, three bye weeks interspersed throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, there's no guarantees for conference champs and no automatic qualifiers uh what did you mean by by that because so basically what that means is just because you win a certain conference championship doesn't mean you get a buy gotcha that makes sense because like last year should the pac-12 champion have been guaranteed a bye week the correct answer is no it's no <laughs> in fact in fact there was a solid chance that there wouldn't have even been a pac-12 team in the playoff last year which is crazy if there had been a 12-team playoff and a power five conference had not managed to get a school in because they cannibalized themselves like like the big 12 does every year yeah but at least we still have like enough bottom feeders to like get a couple of good schools like to the top the pac-12 all they just all beat each other and they just yeah they just beat each other to hell and then they it get is real season 12 hours bad. Basketball with the yeah, basketball with the other way, I guess. Because like 
I thought they were all going to suck, and they had like three teams make it to the Elite Eight. I was like, wow, Pac-12 really is the conference of champions. Shout out Bill Walton for getting that one right. That's like our super niche reference, I don't know if you're familiar with. I, I am familiar. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like Pac-12 like weekday evening at like 9pm broadcasts on like regional ESPN2 <laughs> with Bill Walton. Like, like high out of his mind commentating <laughs> shitty basketball between like Washington State and Cal at like 10.30pm Central Time. <laughs> doesn't get more obscure in Power 5 sports than that. Than that. And the, the reason, that's the reason why I always say, in reference to any Pac-12 sport, you will hear me say, it is officially, like, it'll be past 10 p.m. And I will text Connor. I think I did this last year. I texted you. I was watching, like, Oregon State, Oregon, or something like that. And I texted you because the game was insane. And I texted you. I said, it is real Pac-12 hours. It's Pac-12 after dark, man. Like Pac-12 after dark. And, yeah, they've, they've fallen off, unfortunately. Well, fortunately for the Big 12, because we're not the worst football conference. Woo! <laughs> But uh, I mean, like, the, the last caveat, sorry, we have the, the last caveat in this is uh, the current agreement for the 14 playoff is through 2026. Uh, I've heard that we may get 12 teams as early 2023. Yeah. That's what I've been hearing. But, but, that, but that comes with a lot of different different buyouts and things like that that would make it less immediately profitable. Do it. But do it. Because if they immediately change it, yeah, to do it. Um <laughs> if they do change it, that's a lot more games and a lot more playoff football. Why do you think that the NFL added another wild card Can't for the COVID season? Why. Maybe it's just because they love the competitive nature of the sport. They don't care about the money. They just want to see teams compete in good old fashioned hard nosed football. Yeah, okay, that's great, but do you really want to watch another game like New Orleans versus Chicago? Yes. The only reason I watched that game was because it was broadcast on Nickelodeon, and I got to see the end zone called the Slime Zone, and they had slime cannons shooting whenever there was a touchdown scored. That is the greatest football-watching experience that I have had. I gotta say, sometimes it's nice to watch just a game knowing that one team's just gonna suck. Like... It's better if you go in having that information. Like, like imagine just, like, me watching that game with James, our friend who's a Saints fan. And just, like, imagine, like, me sitting there and getting to laugh with him as Mitch Trubisky throws, like, 100 total yards. <laughs> and Jimmy Graham catches a top that, shelf that's pass. My, that's, my biggest, that's me and James' biggest memory from that game. And he's not even a Bears fan. He's a Saints fan. And his biggest memory was Jimmy Graham getting an absolutely incredible touchdown catch that meant nothing with 10 seconds left <laughs> and just walking off the field. Literally quitting with time. To elaborate further, leaves. Yeah, and, and it's like, who's going to stop him? It's Nobody. The game. No and, then Mitch, stop and then Mitch Trubisky was voted the MVP. The Nickelodeon valuable player. Valuable player. That's a joke. <laughs> The only most valuable player award that man has ever won in his time in the NFL. And yeah, Pro Bowl. The second 
the second <laughs> most valuable player award that he's won in his time in the NFL. And it was literally mm-hmm. as a joke because of how bad he was. But I guess if you look at it from a glass half full perspective, he was the most valuable player for the New Orleans defense. Uh, yeah, I mean. Because he made it easier for them by being bad in the show. Anyway. <laughs> That's so far off topic. Exactly. But, you know, it happens sometimes. But... So, Ace, what does this mean for K-State? Well, it means that K-State has a much, much better chance of making the college football playoff. Because realistically, what is the one school that from the Big 12 that always makes it to the college football playoff and then subsequently immediately gets pantsed? Does it start with O and end with Oklahoma? Yes, it does end with Choklahoma. Uh, um, so, so K-State, because realistically, unless we decide that we are the new kids on the block and decide that <laughs> we are the greatest team in the Big 12, refuse to elaborate further, and then win a national championship. But I don't think that's realistic. But I, I do think it's good. Okay. <laughs> Give us a year. I, Skylar. I do think... They just look like slam. I, I do think it's possible for, in the future, for us to eventually get led into a top 12 team in the nation role or be an at-large bid for the Big 12. I totally agree with that. And I think that'll be very good for K-State because not only are we winning... We can, no matter what happens in the playoff, we can, for recruiting purposes, say, hey, we made the college football playoff. Come be a part of something great. Because I will never believe any coach who says, we're building something here when they're like 0 and 12. (laughs) We're building something here. Yeah, you're building a new damn house in a different country because you're going to get launched from this one after you lose your job. Yeah, you're (laughs) building a terrible coaching reputation. You're building a hole for yourself. Digging it. Yeah. Yeah. Digging a prison and, for the remnants of your coaching career. And, and this is just this is just a feel good section for K State because I there was a tweet done by Max Olson on Twitter at Max underscore Olson. And he applied this this model to every single season of the past decade from 2011 to 2020. Here are a list of schools that K-State is better than by virtue of having more qualifications for the college football playoff. It just means that we're better than them, period, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what we're saying. (laughs) We will not be accepting arguments. Yeah, my teams are closed at the moment. Don't bother. (laughs) So we have Auburn, Michigan, South Carolina, Texas A&M, USC, Iowa, Iowa State, Miami, Florida, Missouri, North Carolina, Nebraska. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just listening for the one Nebraska fan left on planet Earth to say something. Oklahoma State. (laughs) Go Skirts! Ole Miss, Texas, Cal, UCLA, Stanford, Tennessee, Arkansas, NC State, and Mississippi State. The names that I want you to pay attention to there... Are names that are traditionally considered football blue bloods, like Auburn, like Michigan, like Texas A&M, 
In Texas? Texas. Uh, even Tennessee, they had a natty in the last, like, I don't know, they had a natty in, like, almost my lifespan. They missed almost. it by, like, they missed it by, like, eight months. I'll count it. Okay. I'll allow it. Yeah, Wait, I'll, if, if, I'll allow it. if you're going by technically what your first K-State game was, yeah, it might yeah, be. Yeah, if you're going by my technical first K-State game, then yes, it does count. Although, that whole thought is just painful. <laughs> it, should, it should have been us. I literally, I literally wasn't even alive, and it still causes me pain. <laughs> anyway, that that is first off, good for K State. Just a little round of applause there. Um, we both actually did it. Um, excuse me, but I think that also bodes well for the fact that K State stands a genuine chance to make the playoff a few years. And with this 12-team expanded playoff, that opens the door for not only K-State, but a bunch of other schools. And that kind of leads us into the next segment of schools that we think would benefit most from this change. And I have two schools in mind that I feel like one of them will agree on, and I feel the other one might be out of left field. But do you do you want to go first? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I think an obvious one is... I mean, I guess it's just, like, insert good group of five school here. So, like, uh, um, UCF slash Cincinnati, because uh, UCF has been consistently up there, although they weren't last year. Cincinnati, though, took that spot. They took that mantle. Um, other ones are going to be teams in conferences that are generally very good, but just aren't quite good enough to make it. The one that jumps out in my mind is Wisconsin. Because, yeah, Wisconsin. Because <laughs> they're they're like perennially in the six to ten range, and they never quite do enough to get to the top four. So like, yeah, it's so they're gonna go from never making the playoff to being there almost every year if they keep up like their current rate. And then also schools like Georgia, like they should make it more. Like, and then there will be like a school from the Big Twelve every year that's like an extra school, probably. Like, uh, I would say last year. TCU a few years ago, Baylor a couple times, uh, Oklahoma State, then um, um, K-State would have made it uh, three times, uh, 2011, Correct. 2012, 2014, in the last 10 years, and then add in, uh, since the BCS era, that'd be 98, uh, I think 99, 2000, 2002, 2003, uh, I think that's it. Yeah, and... You actually did name the the two schools. Was well, actually, you named, you named one of the schools. Oh, and that was one of the first ones that you named. Was it? It was. It was Cincinnati. Yeah. And I didn't want to go for the obvious that was Wisconsin because it, according to that same tweet by Max Olson, Wisconsin would have made it four times. Also, it was inaccurate to say Stanford. Stanford would have been in there four times. So I guess strike Stanford from that list that I read. They're one, they would have been in one more time than K-State would be. But the, the school that I constantly think of is right next to K-State on that list, and it's Boise State. Oh, yeah. I don't Bo- about them. Like, Boise State and Cincinnati, I feel like, are the two schools that have the most to gain that is not named Wisconsin. Yeah. And it's... 
Part of me thinks it's because I want to give my mother a headache whenever she has to watch a playoff game on the blue field in Boise. <laughs> um, but the other part of me knows that Boise State has always been a legitimately good football program. Yeah. And I, it's, it's not something that can be easily quantifiable as to why, but they're always consistently good. They're like, so, I, I feel like they're very similar to North Dakota State in terms of team structure. They just aren't quite as successful at this level. Like, but they're in like a similar geographical location, just like up in like the northern area of the country, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Although Boise is a bigger area and it's closer to like Washington and Oregon and stuff like yeah. that. And Fargo is kind of mm-hmm. closest to Minneapolis. But Boise State's very similar in that they don't exactly have an incredible amount of resources. They don't have a massive stadium or anything. They're in not the greatest environment in the world, although it's a pretty area. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not super hospitable. And uh, I'd imagine, they're, yeah, like I said, the resources are about the same, but recruiting isn't going to be as easy there either. Yeah, nevertheless, they make it work and they've had very consistent coaching. They don't change coaches a lot. And that Chris Peterson was really good there for a while. I don't know who they have right now. Chris Peterson was their guy for several years. Like, they... Just all around, like, been a very well-run program for probably the last, like, 15 years. Andy Avalos. Andy Avalos is the coach? Mm-hmm. Never heard of him. He's brand new this year, so... That's why I've never heard of him. Yeah, he was the defensive coordinator for Oregon. Wow. Uh, That's interesting. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, we'll talk about Oregon's defense another time, but okay. I, I yeah, those, <laughs> those those were the, <laughs> those were the two teams that came to my mind that would immediately benefit from this proposal. Would be Cincinnati and Boise State, uh, and obviously the obvious in Wisconsin. Yeah. So this leads to how we personally feel about this this college football playoff expansion and connor do you just want to real quick read the part of the script that that we're currently on yeah so it says personal feelings and there's three sub points the first one is ace gets himself murdered by the entire college football fan base the next one is connor says something actually reasonable and the last one is we all laugh so i guess the last one that sounds kind of fun the last one sounds fun yeah as do the first right. two. So actually the whole thing does. So I this is something that sounds very good on paper. And in practice. But paper is a flimsy thing that disintegrates almost immediately whenever you're putting it in water. And this is there there are a lot of problems that I have with it. And almost all of them come down to the fact that that there are 12 teams. I personally would have much preferred an 18 playoff as opposed to a 12 team with the current system being still in place as opposed to, so still using polls as opposed to just not just who's, who is subjectively the best looking at, which of course, everything about college football is always going to be subjective. But I feel like if you expand the current system from four to eight and keep the same ranking system that you use, not only will you pretty consistently get better games, you get more games for advertisers, and you're not running the risk of that turbo exhaustion that you would get 
And that's that's the main problem I have with a 12-team playoff. And that is, that's why I put it's technically possible to play a max of 17 games if you run the table. Because you reasonably, that's two more games than a national championship now would currently play. Oh, you, everyone says, oh, two games, two games. That doesn't sound like that much. Two games in a college football season or an NFL season for that matter. Do you ever wonder why the first round bye and not playing in the wild card round in the NFL is so powerful? Because you're not getting worn down. We're asking a bunch of teams like that maybe have never been in the college football playoff conversation and aren't used to having to play games further and further down the line. And I just see, I just see a lot more kids getting hurt. I say kids, they're my age. I see a lot more players getting hurt from this. And I see a lot of football that you'll have to put an asterisk next to. Say if you say if you put, let's just look at an example here. You put Wisconsin up against Alabama. That's a playoff game. Alabama's the one seed. They end up having to play Wisconsin and Graham Hurts. But Graham Hurts had to play two more games than they had to up to that point, or one more game up to that point. Graham Hurts goes down in one of those games. Well, now you have a bunch of people who are making excuses for it because the starting quarterback for Wisconsin went down because they had to play another game. And that is what and that won't produce A, a happy fan base, and B, it won't produce better football, which is the number one thing that I want to see. Well, number two thing that I want to see from an expanded college football playoff. The first thing I want to see is more variety because I am sick and tired of seeing three teams in the finals, which is why I was so excited when LSU won. It's why LSU became one of my favorite schools very quickly. I still own a Joe Burrow and Clyde Edwards Alaire jersey because LSU wasn't one of the three teams that keeps making the playoff over and over again. It's basically up to this point, if you're not Alabama, Ohio State, or Clemson, you might as well not try. You're not going to compete for a natty. But if you go to a top eight system, and you still have everyone play everybody, one plays eight, two plays seven, you're not adding two or five more games to a team season, and you're still getting that everyone gets a chance mentality. So... Just the length of schedule, and feel free to feel free to chime in either to tell me how wrong I am or to hopefully agree, so other people don't automatically turn off the podcast. No, just keep just keep going until you're done. I I'm thinking of stuff. Don't worry. So it's just it. Those are my my two biggest concerns: is injuries, injuries and fatigue, and people making excuses because of injuries and fatigue. And I don't think that adding what could be playing two more games for than another team might play, I don't think that's fair. Especially if they're coming from like a group of five school. I think that a school like Cincinnati this last year could have, well, no one was going to hang with Alabama this last year. Absolutely no one. That was ridiculous. But I, they proved that they could have hung with someone like Georgia. Yeah, when they, they're they, on, they nearly beat Georgia. They nearly beat Georgia, and now imagine that if this was a playoff scenario and Georgia's the number, let's say they're number 
let's say that they end up getting a buy because they end up being one of the top four in and they end up getting a buy and not playing. And so Cincinnati has to play one or two more games in order to play them. I don't believe that unless they're riding this ridiculous wave of momentum, which I will concede can happen in college football. I don't think that that is nearly as close a game between a group of five school and a power five powerhouse. If one school has to play more games than the other. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think that based on what you said, you've made by far the most valid argument I've seen so far against the current model, mainly because it isn't the like existence of expanding the playoff itself that you're against. Because like a majority of the arguments that I see against the playoff are that we should go back to the BCS and that the BCS rankings were better. And people forget how no. terrible the BCS rankings were. Like, especially at the start. Like at the beginning oh, of the BCS, K State is literally the reason that they completely overhauled the computer algorithms that they used to like determine the top teams. Because K State lost a single game after their most dominant season ever, and were one of the best offenses in college football up to that point in history, and they got bumped from number one to like number six off of one loss. But then, like five years later, OU was undefeated going into the Big Twelve championship got destroyed by, like, 13th-ranked K-State, and they didn't drop at all. They stayed number one and so went to the national championship, and then they lost. Like, so the BCS rankings were extremely flawed. Like, Notre Dame should not have played Alabama in 2012, period. Alabama won, like, 42-7. to So crazy, this yeah. pattern about Notre Dame being in the playoffs for <laughs> the championship and just getting, and like, dying. just getting boat raced every time that they're there. Like, Most by Alabama. <laughs> yeah, a, a strange amount by Alabama. And, uh, uh, what was I saying? Uh, expansion. I, I agree with your points on uh, the 12 team not necessarily being like, the best. Although I'm not a huge fan of the idea of 8, just because I don't think it's enough. I, would, I, I know it's being greedy. I'd love 16, because I just want to see more football. Like, I, I'm, I know you raise your eyebrows, but I, I would love to see... I mean, FCS can do 24. Surely we can do 16. Like, like is, I mean, FCS, D2, D3, they all do 24 teams. Why is it that the FBS simply cannot do it? I think that we could. Like, like I think that we could do 16, and obviously the talent drop-off is going to be big, but all that means is that the magnitude of upsets is going to be even bigger. And... So we see another Alabama team that's just utterly dominant as the one that we just saw. I'm just going to assume that, like, it's not going to be that bad for a while. But I also think that by adding in these uh, extra playoff teams, I think it's going to make recruiting easier for schools that aren't named Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State. I think that Mm -hmm. this is great for the parity, at least in theory, of college sports. That may not end up taking effect. I think it will. Because right now, if you want to win a ring, in your time in college, you only get four or five years to do it. Why not go to the schools that are almost guaranteed to do it while you're there, statistically? Yeah. Ohio State, Clemson, Bama. And maybe you'll get lucky and be on an LSU when they, when they win it. And, and then, like, if you're wanting to just go to, like, another school that's going to be competing there constantly, just go to OU. Like, 
there's not a lot of reason to like if there's hot talent go anywhere else like and that's just period like like why would you go anywhere else if you're a top talent and want to win but now with the expanded playoff it's not like the 12 seed is going to like come out there beat the five seed and beat the one seed commonly but there's going to be every so often a scenario where you have a team that like drops a game maybe two at the beginning of the season and then like just finds their stride and just dominates the rest of the year and they sneak in at number 12 as like a two or three loss squad and they don't look great on the record but they've just been dominating since like the beginning of october and they come in and like they actually are kind of good and they may have to play an extra game but that just makes the upset that they get all the better and at least they get the chance now. Because, like, how often does a 16 beat a 1? Once. In all of history. But they still have the opportunity. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, and then you have the is two, it, is it UMBC. And it was UMBC over Virginia. And then Virginia won the national championship next year. So. I mean, UMBC beat them, though. So I guess that means they're the national championship. Yeah, yeah, We're referring was... to March Madness, by the way. Yes. <laughs> And uh, another common argument that I've heard against the uh, playoff expansion is that it devalues the regular season. I think it does the opposite because their whole thought process right now is that, well, if like, you're not in line to make the playoffs, then like, the regular season doesn't matter. So this just makes the regular season matter even less. But that's like completely backwards logic because at, with the current way that it's set up, the regular season means even less to fewer teams because... I mean, like, a team that loses one game and isn't named, like, Alabama, OU, or Clemson, or Ohio State, they're in all likelihood not going to make the playoffs. So at that point, if your whole theory is, well, like, with a 12-team playoff, the regular season doesn't matter, so, like, why bother trying? That was even worse with the 14 playoff. Like, yeah. because, and the, and because bowl games, I mean, while they're cool, they're, they're meaningless. Like, it's an extra trophy, and they're cool. But in actuality, in terms of, like, true competition, they don't really do a lot. Like, they're cool, there's a lot of pageantry around them, they're neat experience, and you get to play an opponent that you may not normally get to play. But in terms of, like, actual competition, there's not a ton of value to it, and that's why so many people are opting out of those games. If you want to end opt-outs for people that are, like, wanting to go to the NFL, make the games matter. Like, have them be a playoff game. Like, leave bowl games in for teams that, like, don't make it to the top 12 and just give, like, good teams, like, one more shot to, like, play another game and win. Like, because they'll still probably take that. They'll still take the opportunity to, like, get a trophy in the trophy case. Like, get a recruiting pitch. Like, hey, maybe we didn't make the playoffs, but, like, we still won, like, I don't know, like, the Holiday Bowl or something like that. That's, like, a decent bowl game. And, like, end your season on a decent note. Like, maybe in the top 25 even. Like, not every team will be a playoff ever. Not every team's going to be a playoff team every year, but that's fine. Like, K-State wouldn't have been a playoff team every year, but being, no, absolutely being not. definitely <laughs> not. Like, but being in it in 2011, 12, and 14, like, if that had been 12-team playoff instead of 14 and BCS for the first two years, K-State may be in a, different, a completely different spot right now, and college football as a whole. We may see a lot more parity just generally more competitive football because the way football is trending right now, we're getting more and more blowouts right now. Like the gap between the great teams and the bad teams is widening. And even the gap between like the good teams and the below average teams is widening. Like, yeah. like we saw K-State, a, I will, uh, they were a below average team last year. They beat KU by like 40 points. 
and it was not even close. And our offense was playing very poorly in the first half, but we were just yeah. destroying them on kick returns and punt returns. And our defense was playing really well, and the offense was like doing just enough. And the offense found its footing for like one quarter, and that was like enough to break fifty points. But like then we'd like go to play Texas and get absolutely destroyed. And it's not like Texas was a great team last year. They were like a fine team. But yeah. K State wasn't a team that like normally would lose that game by like forty five points. But we did it anyways. Like and that's just, and we yeah. just we decided to be a great idea. Yeah. Some something else to say is that I mentioned earlier that I get tired of seeing the same three schools always win and that are always in. I think that this will open the door for even if those three schools are not having the greatest season, I still think that just by virtue of their name, they'll end up getting into the college football playoff, which let me let me clarify something right ahead of the gate. And I'm going to use it by example. Last year, COVID shortened season. Who was the one team, the one team that everyone in the nation was pointing at and say, you don't need to be here? Ohio State. Exactly. Because Ohio State, and I will stand by this, even with marquee victories against Northwestern and Indiana, who both had ridiculously good seasons this last year, I don't believe that they got in based off of the merit of their performance in that season, I think they got in on the back of the fact that they are Ohio State. And I think that that is a problem that will get infinitely worse whenever you expand the playoff system. Because I don't see a world, even if Ohio State somehow ends up going like 7-3, and three, or like 7-5, and five, I should say, or like 9-3 and three, or something like that, you'll still end up getting the weird NCAA 14 rankings where they'll still end up number 11 for some ungodly reason and end up sneaking into the college football playoff just based off of the fact that they are Ohio State. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, and I'll, I'll definitely admit that like, the system's like, not going to be perfect at all. And like, people that complain about it and use that sort of angle, I think that's totally valid. Because I don't want that either. And I do think that the voting system, they're keeping the current voting system, I believe, I, I don't like that because I just I think they're stupid, basically, is a nice way to put it. And uh, I, I just I don't like the amount of subjectivity that is put into selecting teams because sometimes there's just really obvious picks. Like, obviously, Alabama's going to be in. Obviously, Clemson's going to be in. Like, having undefeated seasons. But Ohio State shouldn't have been in last year, period. Like, that's it. They should not have been in the playoffs. And yet they were. And they got absolutely destroyed by Alabama in the championship game. And after granted, beating Clemson. Yeah, after beating Clemson, <laughs> granted. But they still shouldn't have been in, even though they won their semifinal game. Based on their regular season performance, they did not deserve it. Like, even if they played well, it, it does not matter. Because that's not what matters at the end of the day. It's not what you did after you got into the playoffs. It's like, if you actually deserved to be there in the first place. And they did not. Like, you're absolutely correct with that. So that's why I would love for them to go to a more uh, computer-based ranking system. Like, there needs to be some element of subjectivity. So, like, if, like, something slips through the cracks and, like, some teams, like, clearly ranked out of place, they can, like, do a little bit of adjusting. But, like, they should only get, like, I don't know, like, 25% weight or something like that. The computer should get three-quarters weight, I think, like that. There should still be a human element because, ultimately, I do 
somewhat believe in the eye test. Like, like there are teams that just look better on paper, and or look better in person than they do on paper. I mean, but yeah, but no, I agree with you that this uh, the committee uh, continuing to uh, wield so much influence over the teams that are in there. It's just going to result in a lot of elite teams getting in when they don't necessarily deserve it. And I'll expand on that and take it to uh, the uh, top four teams getting buys. I don't necessarily like that. That's why I think it should be uh, I'm 16, because by doing that, you're basically just maintaining the original playoff stick structure and giving four other squads a chance to beat them, and maybe one of them will win. But that's restricted to conference champions that... I, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I, I, although, what the one good thing it does is it does incentivize uh, the importance, or it expands the importance of a conference championship. And I, yeah. do, I do like that. I, that's what I'll say about it. Although, it is probably going to uh, uh, just allow more Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State resting weeks. Yeah. So... Let me let me paint a nightmare scenario that I've been that I've been dreaming up oh, this entire time. So realistically, let's so power five, the power five conference championships are always going to be in some order one through five. SEC will probably be first. ACC by virtue of Clemson will probably be second. And then it's a toss up between the other five. So the top four between those. So let's 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 paint this scenario, okay? Alabama wins the SEC, number one seed, get a bye. Clemson wins the ACC, number two seed, get a bye. Let's let's put in a wild card here. Indiana wins the Big Ten. They end up number three. They get a bye. And then Oklahoma wins the Big Twelve. They're in the top four. Get a bye. So Alabama, Clemson, Indiana, and Oklahoma all get a bye. Then you have probably a Pac-12, a Pac-12 school. Let's say, who's the best Pac-12 school now? Um, Oregon, USC, somebody like that. USC. Let's go USC. USC ends up the top seed that has to play. So we have one more conference champion left. And this is where I think will I think this will be the possibly the most controversial part of this because you have your power 5 accounted for right? right So there is and it says specifically in the wording and maybe I'm being stupid and this will get worked out in the committee This means that one five conference champion will be allowed into the top six or maybe even be allowed at all because it is the best conference champions. So you're going to have a bunch of group of five schools cannibalizing each other and not even having played each other. Cause there are three schools that I can think of that I'm pretty sure won their conference, but would have cannibalized each other. Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati are the two that come to my mind. If you ask me which of those teams was better, no matter what answer I give you, I am pissing off 50% of the nation. And the other team is left out to dry. And I'm not sure if they're considered to be one of the best other teams. 
But then they're getting a lower seed, thusly playing a better school, because they got screwed because they're a group of five school. So, and then you obviously have the other problems of, oh, say Ohio State is number seven. So you have number seven playing number 10, and number 10 is a group of five school that should be playing anyone else. And then they just get pantsed on national television by an Ohio State school that probably doesn't need to be there. That is the nightmare that I am putting in my mind. And maybe people smarter than me have already tried to start working this out in the committee. But I think that number five, I think that number five spot is going to be, I mean, that number six spot, my correction, will be one of the most cannibalized spots for the group of five, which gets already gets sauced on too much by the current system. And this, I feel, would only make it worse because it is a situation where they literally can do and will do nothing. Yeah, I, I think that the concern is fair about a, a group of five school or multiple group of five schools uh, cannibalizing themselves for that last spot. And I do hope that they work something out because I'm, I'm with you in the, that game, more game should be worth playing. And uh, that there should be more games with higher stakes as opposed to, like, a couple games in the regular season with very high stakes. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, like, there's great memories around, like, Alabama-Auburn from, like, 2013 or 14 with the uh, uh, kick six. Like, that was such yeah. a high-stakes game. Stuff like that's really cool. But I also, like, if you kind of need to see some stakes in a game between, like, I don't know, like, 10 and 2 cold. 10 and 2 Coastal Carolina and like uh like five and four East Carolina. Like like because all of a sudden that goes from a game that means nothing to no one to potentially having playoff implications. And that I I love that personally. Like I, I wanna see smaller schools having more of an impact on the national stage. Because I, I think we both kind of agree on this. Like what's the point of playing the games if it literally does not matter if you get into the playoffs or not? Like exactly, like like it's valueless. Like for those schools to like even play in terms of like competitiveness, if they have no shot of getting in. So there definitely needs to be more provisions. I think for G five schools, I think it should be at least the top two conference champions, like and maybe an extra at large. Like and I I also just gosh I don't know what else to do. Like because I mean I'm thinking off the top of my head. This is another reason why I think sixteen teams. I think I think sixteen teams would be good. Like, I just, I think that would do away with the buys and uh, just guarantee a spot for conference champions, period. And then have six at large. And because what, there's, yeah, the five group of five, the five power five, and just have the six at large spots. I, I think that'd be totally fine. If you really wanted to make it a little bigger, give the one and two seeds a buy, and I'd better have, like, uh, like a series of play-in games at the bottom or something like that. Like how yeah. like the 14 through 18 uh, play each other and like some sort of play-in. Like, yeah. more more uber-competitive football is what I'm looking for with this. And a 12-team playoff is better than it was because we're getting more playoff games that mean something. We're getting more games throughout the regular season that are going to be important because... 
the conference championship is going to become just unbelievably important now. Because, oh, absolutely. Because before, like, it didn't, it wasn't super important because of the four-team system and five power five conferences. Like, what's the, okay, like, yeah, like, like, like does, how much does it matter? Like, because I remember in 2014, the first year of the playoff, TCU was like 12 and one, and so was Baylor, and neither of them made it. And, yep. and that, that was atrocious. And then uh, Pac-12, a lot of the time, they're not sending a team out there. And even though they, like, played their schedule the best that they could, probably. It was Pac-12, so we don't know. And <laughs> and um, they, they don't send a team to the playoffs. Like, what's the incentive for competing, period? Like, if you're, like, not even going to, like, make it in because the rest of your conference cannibalizes itself, then why should you try harder? Because you're not getting anything for it other than, like, the cheese it Bowl. Like... <laughs> the cheese it bowl home of the worst home of the worst bowl game in history it was a TCU versus I forget who but it was like no some, that means it was a great game <laughs> it was like some god awful game it was like uh, like 14 to 7 and there was like 9 combined turnovers or something like that it was a hellscape of college football it's like it's maybe the best argument for fewer games like TCU versus Cal yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you and I are both in agreement that expansion is good, yes. but we disagree on the number. Yes. And I think we also disagree with the, the, mechan- the mechanism of implementation because I think it should be top eight in the polls qualify, regardless of conference regardless of how many schools from a conference are in the playoff i think it should be top eight schools period end is am i am i reading that correctly you still think that there should be obviously we disagree on the number i say eight you say 16 yeah like i mean i honestly am fine with anything eight through 16 like i can live with that because it's better than four like because at least at the very minimum at the very minimum at least you're going to give four shots to uh, uh, other conferences just to get in with a conference champion. I'm very flexible on what I'd be fine with, honestly, in terms of the playoff, because any expansion in my mind is good for K-State, period. And that's ultimately what I'm concerned with, is what is the best case scenario for K-State. And the, the absolute answer to that question every single time is going to be the more spots, the better. Because we're unlikely to be finishing top 10 more often than not that we have like a 10% chance of doing that. Like every season, like I know it's a once per decade shot. And yeah. I think that 12 teams is much better. That's much more realistic. 16, even better. Like we've been ranked number 16 twice in the last two seasons, I believe. And then we lose to West Virginia. And then we lose to West Virginia. <laughs> so, so it's cursed. Maybe, maybe we want 17 teams to give us a play in. <laughs> so we can be ranked 17th and get in because then we'll be fine or 15th we'd be fine at 15 but under the new system under the new system K-State automatically earns a play-in no matter if their record is 0-12 or 12-0 and I would be totally fine with that system honestly I, I gotta say but yeah I think we do differ slightly but like I'm not like super specific on it so it's like I'm not gonna get like super angry about it or anything, because there's a lot of people that are really mad about playoff expansion. 
I am not one of those people. The only thing that I think would be even worse is going back to the BCS. And either that or, just, oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or sticking with the current model. Because the current model is boring and the BCS was god-awful. And I think people just have rosy memories of the BCS. And I don't know how that came to be. Like, it, it makes no sense to me like why people just have these great memories of that BCS title game when it seemed like there was like, there's controversy pretty often. And only two teams even get a chance. And that's just boring. Like, I don't care if, like, the best team still ends up winning. They should, their team should at least get a shot at them. Because then if they still win anyways, then, well, yeah, they were definitely the best team. They definitely deserve to win. Rather than, like, getting a one-off game where anything can happen. Like, they have to actually consistently win. Like, three or four games. Like, depending on the size of the playoff. But... With, with fewer games, that's fewer chances to mess up. And a team like Alabama, they're not going to mess up very often. Giving them more chances to mess up is way more interesting in my mind. And I, I think that that's the best. Uh, I think that's the secret sauce for college football moving forward, is make more interesting football. Not even necessarily competitive. If Alabama gets blown out, I absolutely want to watch that. And, like, the second round of the playoffs, I'd love to see them get absolutely killed. Like, I want to see, like, Cincinnati come in and beat them, like, 52 to, like, 14. That'll never happen, probably, but... Unless... If it, if it did, that'd be must-see television. Like, who you heard it watch here. That? You heard it here first, folks. Cincinnati's going to be the number one seed in this next college football playoff. Book it. Um, yeah... Yeah, write it in Sharpie, guys. It's happening. You're here first. <laughs> yeah, write it on white Sharpie on your white wall so you got there. <laughs> yep. Forget about it because it's not happening. <laughs> now you and I are going to watch Cincinnati's record every week. We're going to see him like, climb to number three. We're going to look at each other. It's happening. Yeah. Alabama okay. will lose a game and we'll just, it's happening. <laughs> I just want to see. I just want to see Desmond Britter take that team in the promised land. Like they were entertaining. I think I would die before I see a group of five team win the national championship. I think, regardless of expansion, I think you're probably right. But at the very least, the chances go up in this new system from zero percent to like zero point one percent. Like, because there is no chance in the current format because they say that they can get in, but they won't. They literally they can't. Won't. It's impossible. Like, they won't do it. If UCF didn't get in in, like, 2018 or whatever it was, and Cincinnati didn't get in last year, they're never getting in. And that's, no. that's just it. Like, because UCF, they literally went undefeated. What else could they have done? Like, because yeah. Power 5 schools, they won't schedule them. They won't play them, because why would you play them if you're a Power 5? Because that's, that's You a, have everything to lose. Yeah, if you win, you beat a G5 team. If you lose, you lose to a G5 team. Like, that's horrible. Like, and that's horrible for Power 5, and that's terrible for uh, UCF as well. Like, because they're penalized for being good. That's anti-college football, I think. I just, more teams competitive immediately now, period. That's all I want from the playoff, is I want to see more teams be good more often. I want to see new names in the playoff, because, you know, that's the great thing about March Madness with uh, college basketball, is there's a new Cinderella every single year. Do they ever win the national championship? No. But for about a week and a half, 
there every single person in the entire country that watches college basketball loves that team. And sometimes you get two, like Loyola and UMKC, UMBC were yeah, in the same year. Were they? Yeah, and even some years you get like a team in like a Power Five that ends up being a center, like Oregon State. They were like a, a like an unbelievable Cinderella run. Like they were like below five hundred, and then they won their conference tournament to get the automatic bid, and then they went to like the Elite Eight, and then UCLA snuck into the, like the like play in tournament, and they made it to the Final Four, like. Like, there's, there's some they're entertaining stuff, but, like, if you had asked me, like, hey, like, like before March Madness started, like, hey, what's UCLA's finish going to be? Like, they might make it to the round of 32 at best. They made it to the Final Four, and guys on their team that I had, I had watched UCLA games that season, that was, like, okay, like, average against other teams, they were going off. They were playing out of their minds. Because yeah. high stakes competition brings out a different level of competitiveness in players that they may not have in a low stakes game. Because it just it doesn't matter. So like some people just can't like create stakes for themselves. So having those high stakes games, we're gonna see more people break out as athletes as well. That's great for athletes too. The only I guess the bad thing there is they're playing more games, which that's gonna be tough on their bodies. And that does stink. That really does suck. But at the very, I think that, I think most of them are going to take that trade off, though. The shot at the national championship for a couple more games, they probably take that. And if there's an asterisk because somebody gets hurt, then we can debate that to hell for all of eternity. But at least the shot was there. Yeah. And that, that's, that's something that we, that's another thing that we could debate until the end of time. Because the main reason people opt out of playing their bowl games is, you know, Injuries. I have a feeling I cut out there. Uh, no, you did not. Oh, cool. Um, the main reason people opt out of their bowl games is because of injury. And I feel like whenever you increase the rate of injury by, by virtue of playing more games, I feel like it'll be net neutral for the amount. And I 100% agree with you in March Madness being something beautiful in that you get a bunch of Cinderella teams. It's, I think it's the best tournament in sports, period, I think. Like, I would take watching March Madness over any other tournament. You see, I, I would disagree with you and say the College World Series, but they screwed K-State out this last year, so yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, conditionally March Madness, because uh, the College World Series is on notice. <laughs> Dissolve it. Go to a BCS for baseball. <laughs> also, side tangent. I will say that I absolutely love that TCU still managed to get a super regional after like losing to us three times in the regular season, and then they lost in their own regional. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, we exposed them. Frogs. Coward. Cowards. Play us again, cowards. Play us with healthy pitchers, cowards. <laughs> play us not twice in a day, cowards. Play us not with a left fielder starting at pitcher, cowards. <laughs> anyway, so I, I feel like we've we've pretty much ex- well we haven't exhausted everything to be said, but we've said just about everything that we need to say. Yeah. On this subject. Yeah, I think that we've got I've got all the points across that I wanted to make. Did you have anything? Yeah. Any final statements? Anything? I think it's just best to to summarize what we our positions on this, just kind of like a TLDR. Okay. I 
love the idea of expansion. I think 12 is too much. I think 8 is perfect. And I think the current bid system for top 8 in the AP polls are, is a much better system than the conference bids because the conference bids means that realistically the power 5 is going to get 5. That leads one group of five school that's going to kill themselves over it, even though they're probably better than the Pac-12 school. All right. I think expansion is also a great idea. I don't think 12 is enough, although I can live with 12. I think 16 is a great number. I would love to see more group of five teams get in, and if that means like having reserve spots for all conference champs or like power five and then three conference uh, champs from G5 or whatever, they can work that out in committee. It'll be fine. And I don't know, just at the end of the day, I just want to see more competitive football. I think expanding the playoffs is the best way to do that. I think we're in agreement there. Just difference on numbers. Yeah. And I can live with a lot of different numbers. Just whatever gets K State the best chance of getting in. Sure. And uh, <laughs> that that list that K State's better than will 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 help me sleep tonight. Knowing that we're statistically better than Auburn, Michigan, Texas A and M, and Nebraska and Iowa State. <laughs> yeah, like for for all of our struggles since I don't know twenty fourteen season, like we've just had like a lot of uh, mediocre to slightly above average seasons. It's kind of frustrating just to like not quite ever be just good enough. But you know, it's nice. Like it, it's oddly comforting to see all these schools that are allegedly great. Uh, have less potential playoff appearances than we did. It makes me feel a little bit better about the last 10 years, although a lot of it happened 10 years ago. So, but, but, but what it does do is it does give me hope for the future. It should give you hope as well, because it's shown that it can be done here, and it's, it's not impossible. And, I don't know, maybe Chris Kleinman's the guy to do it. Maybe he isn't, but I think that we should give him a fair chance to try it. No, and, and Kleiman would have special experience with an expanded playoff system coming from North Dakota State. Absolutely. Well, 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 what do you know? Another great reason to keep Kleiman around. It's all the experience for an expanded playoff. Hmm. <clears throat> By the way, you think. But, oh, just, I assume we're ending it here? Yeah, but we got to do the outro a bit. Yes. Um, uh, were you going to include the plug in that? I was going to plug. Uh. Yeah, you can plug. All right. So we make our podcast using Anchor FM, and in the link in the the, uh, description of our podcast, you can find a link to uh, um, donate to us on there. And so you should do that, because we really like making these podcasts, and you should give us (laughs) money for it. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) now now we'll do the, the PC version of it. Connor and I are both college students, and the reality of being college students is that sometimes money is very difficult to come by, whether it be just because we're paying off our college expenses, such as tuition or being able to, you know, do this little thing called eat. We need, we don't need financial support. Everything that you can donate will be very much and it will not only help us both live as human beings, but possibly expand the show into getting more equipment, better equipment, finding more time to record, more time for scripting, more time for research. And like I said, every single dollar that anyone can donate is massively appreciated. And it'll it's a massive honor to be able to talk to you guys about something that we're so passionate about. And it's an honor to have an audience. It's an honor to have an audience at all. 
So if you feel that we're good enough to be worthy of a donation, please feel free to check the link in the bio and feel free to donate as much as you can. You did so much better than I did. <laughs> I literally said, I literally said, we, we talk, so give us money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it happens. So you want to do the outro bit here? Um, I'll give it a try, but based off of the current trajectory, I might miss it up pretty badly. But, Don't worry, I'll be here for back. You can tag me in if you need to. Well, this was talking. Bye. <laughs> Alright, well, thank you everybody for tuning in to the Aggieville LA Cats podcast. We've really enjoyed talking to you today about CFB expansion. Looking forward to talking to you about K-State specific stuff in the future and big tidbits of news in the college football world. But until next time, thank you and good night. Wait, you got a plug. Whoa, the plug? Which plug? Our social media. Our social media. Oh, right. Yeah, follow us on Twitter at AggievilleACats and email us at AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com if you have any questions, if you want to support us, or if you just want to send us hate mail. Just send the emails. It's kind of dry in the inbox <laughs> right now. And I'm Ace Edwards, and this is one of the other hosts, or the host, Connor Baltazar. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and as always, come rain, shine, or anything in between, the Aggieville Alley Cats will always be here to deliver you some K-State news and sports news in general.